Are you one of the many couples who began your relationship in what we call the high octane or honeymoon stage, but now life has you wondering, where did all that love and connection go? Hey, if this sounds like part of your current story, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. We want to help you experience God's best in marriage, a relationship that is stronger, deeper, and more exciting than ever before. So meet my wife and co-host, Stuart Anderson. And he's my husband and co-host, Dr. David Anderson. It's time for you to become the heroes of your marriage story. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to bring you our Red Truck community this episode today. It's number 44, entitled Transforming Your Marriage with Great Communication. Yes, and we have two of the most awesome guests today. I really mean that. Wyman and Rosemary Winbush. Actually, we're going to talk a lot with them about communication, but a ton of other things as it relates to having a great marriage. Oh, yes, we are. And there's nobody better to do that with than Wyman and Rosemary. They are two people who have spent a lifetime serving others. Yes. So, honey, let's introduce them so we can get this thing started. Okay. I just want to give you a snapshot of Rosemary's career in life. And these are just a few things because, like we said, they've spent a lifetime serving others. Rosemary is a speaker, consultant, blogger, producer, and author. She's published many things, uh, especially focused on curriculum for children and preteen ministry. She's authored spiritually-based help books, and she's produced uh, inspirational albums. She's a trainer and coach to ministry and business leadership teams. And did I mention that she's had experience in business management and assistant pastoring? She's also the founder and host of the Best Me Project for Elementary Age Students. She and Wyman are owners of Kairos International, and they've both developed careers focused on empowering others. And you're going to hear about a new path that they're taking. Yes, and they're going to talk about some of that stuff, I know. Uh, Let me say a couple of things about Wyman. Uh, First of all, I've known Wyman for for golly, just a, a long time. He's a dear friend. He's a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. He's a Navy guy, and I love that. Uh, he received his MBA from Jacksonville University. Uh, he has spent over 30 years with IBM in sales, sales management. He's done a lot of training for that large company. Uh, before IBM, Wyman was a helicopter pilot. Uh, he... he <laughs> You're going to hear this in him. You know, he loves excitement. And, you know, if you're a pilot, you've got to like to live on the edge. And that's Wyman. He has spent over 30 years speaking and training. Um, He's a certified life coach. He continues to serve his nation as a cadre keynote speaker with the Department of Defense Yellow Ribbon Program. So, wow, he's done a boatload of things and he's bringing that stuff to us today in his own way. So I cannot wait to uh, interview these two good people, honey. Oh, goodness. Um, These are just a few of the ways that Wyman and Rosemary have served, and they each have their own websites, and you'll hear about that, uh, rosemarywinbush.com and wymanwinbush.com. This episode is just full of wisdom and strategies and tools, so I'm going to go ahead and encourage you to grab your notebook and take notes, or if you're at the gym, you're certainly going to want to listen to this again. 
sure. um, when you get back home. All right, so let's get started with them. So Wyman and Rosemary, we are absolutely thrilled that you are visiting with us on the Red Truck Marriage Podcast today. Yes, we are so excited and just welcome to both of you. Thanks so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Uh, we're, we're excited that the listeners are going to get some great stuff and uh, we're going to listen to the downpours from heaven. <laughs> Thunderstorms happening there, huh? <laughs> yes, you know, it's, it's summertime in Florida, and so you get lots of thunderstorms. The good news is uh, they don't last very long, right? So we're hopefully yeah. this will pass through. Right. <laughs> hey, right. you know, Wyman, I was thinking about this morning, um, knowing that we were going to have this chat today. Uh, you know, our, we have this, quite of a history together, both Stuart and I, with you and Rosemary. And I thought it'd be cool for the listeners to hear a little bit about that. Yes. You know, wow. We, we've known each other for over a decade, at least. Oh, gosh. Uh, working together at the uh, Yellow Ribbon uh, program, doing uh, supporting our, our troops, our sailors, our airmen, our guard, and uh, pre- and post-deployment. And it's just been a marvelous ride. Every time I meet you, every time I see you and hear you, I learn something new. And um, uh, it, it's been fun sharing the, uh, those venues with you over the years. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I really do. But, you know, it's likewise, because whenever I see that you are on the agenda for one of those service member events, uh, I get so excited. I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull out a, you know, a pen and a piece of paper, because I know I'm going to get a nugget from Wyman Winbush. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I appreciate it the same way when I attended, even though I wasn't speaking with you two, but I got to attend and, and watch both of you present in such powerful ways and to share a table with Rosemary. And I might say this more than once, but you two are like old friends. It just, that's how it feels when I sit down to talk with you. And when I met you, it just felt like I'd known you forever. So it's, mm. it's good to be reconnecting today. That's so true. It really is. And and I feel the same way, Stuart. I feel like when we met each other, we already seemed like we were friends. We had known each other for a long time. I think that's the kindred spirit thing. <laughs> so, yes. um, right. but I'm always excited to, to hear what I call Dr. A do his uh, <laughs> presentation because I love the part when he says, just be about it. So that's what we're doing today, being about it, right? <laughs> that's right. Be all about it. You're right. <laughs> hey, you know, I thought of, since we're talking about marriage today uh, in communication, in fact, you know, the, the title for this we're going to use is transforming your marriage with great communication. And I know you folks are experts in that. You do a lot of work with people, uh, couples, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But I'd, I'd love to hear how you folks met. Could you kind of tell us that Reader's Digest version of it? It really is a Reader's Digest version. <laughs> so believe it or not, Wyman and I met on a blind date. Oh, so, really? Yeah, blind date. Um, I work with, uh, well, there was a couple and I work with the wife and the husband was going through an MBA program with Wyman and they kept telling us, there's this great guy you should meet. And they were telling him, there's this great girl you should meet. And, and we kept saying, if they're so great, then why they're not already taken? So we actually <laughs> went on this blind date to kind of make them leave us alone. And then when we went on the date, we were like, oh, well, hmm, this is pretty interesting. So we dated for about a year and then we got married. 
Yeah. So they got the last laugh. You know, we went on the date just to shut them up. Yeah. And, uh, and they're they're still laughing, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes. Wow. 32 years now. Yeah, 32 years. Wow. That's great. Okay. That's great. You, you know, uh, we call that a diamond in the rough. You know, you guys weren't taken, but uh, you were diamonds in the rough. You just weren't found yet. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, good for but you. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, you, know, you know. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, uh, Stuart, you know, uh, being faith centric, we believe it, it, diamond in the rough. Um, but I believe God hit us until the right person was supposed oh. to find us. Oh, I, we believe that as well. Well said, Wyman. I love that. I love that. Well, go on and share about your family so that we everyone can get to know you both. Yeah. So we have three amazing uh, adult children now. Um and we actually had one, the oldest son just got married. So now we have a daughter. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're great young people. They're entrepreneurial spirit. They love the Lord. They all engaged in some type of ministry of their own, uh, which I, I'm, we're so pleased that they are engaged with things like that. But they're, they're amazing young people. So our, mm-hmm. our son is the oldest and then we have two daughters. Yes. That's- and we raised them here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, which has been our home, my home since 1986. Uh, the Navy brought me here. And after I got off, uh, left active duty, I just stayed here and, mm. um, and we'll be here for the foreseeable future unless something happens. I hear yeah. you. Wyman, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that just now because it reminded me to ask you about, if you could tell us some about your service to this country and the role that you were in. I, I knew, I know you did some pretty exciting things. Oh, thanks, David. You know, uh, it's been an honor to serve. Um, I was blessed to get an appointment to the Naval Academy. And after I graduated, I uh, learned to fly helicopters. I was stationed over in uh, Subic Bay, Cuby Point in the Philippines. Um, and over there, I, you know, I did, was able to um, participate in several at sea rescues of downed aviators, both uh, Air Force and Navy, as well as hmm. civilians uh, and, and the like. And after I left the Philippines, I came to Jacksonville. That's what brought me here. And hmm. I did eight years on active duty. And when I left active duty, I joined the reserves. Um, and I, I spent another 22 years in the reserves. So actually, uh, David retired as a Navy uh, captain in 2012. Um, and, and I was fortunate enough to work for a company, IBM, that, that uh, supports the Navy Reserves. So uh, I also, you know, 22 of my 31 years with IBM, I was wearing uh, two hats, you know, the IBM uniform during the week and the Navy Reserves uniform on the weekends. That's so good. Oh, hey, what, now tell me, uh, what were you doing with IBM? I was in sales. I was in software sales uh, for the majority of the time. Um, mostly as a uh, first and second line manager and leading teams, training young people. And then the last six years I was with IBM uh, full time. I was actually doing some recruiting and sales training. So our uh, undergraduate bachelors and masters, our new hires, I was one of the folks teaching them uh, the ropes with regards to listening skills, uh, persuasive speech, uh, negotiating all of those uh, tools that are uh, part and parcel to the trade of professional consultative selling. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, no wonder you folks are in business together, you know, like both of you are entrepreneurs, particularly around communication and T 
teaching people, coaching people, giving them tools, you know, to have great relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, wow, we're going to talk about that today. You know, um, both both Rosemary and I mean, you have quite extensive bios and forgive me if I miss this, but Rosemary, what did were you and Wyman together for all of his service? No, actually, uh, Wyman was in the military when we met and was and he we got married. And the eight years that he was in active duty, we were only actually married two years of that time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he got in the reserve and started working with IBM. But it's been a journey. So we've had some uh, times in the military, especially with the, the Navy Reserve. So that's been, uh, you know, that was the time when you're, you know, you're gone away for the weekends. And, you know, we were really blessed uh, not to be deployed uh, like a lot of soldiers are. But it's been it's been a journey. Well, we know that the entire family serves when one serves. So Absolutely. thank you for all of that. And we also know that you've had many roles of service and ministry in this life. And um, one of them is when you started your business, Kairos, Inter- Kairos International. Tell us about that mission. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, Kairos, is the, just a word, it's, it's a Greek word um, for God's time, as opposed to chronos, chronological <laughs> chronometer, which is man's time. And so we wanted to honor God by saying that, you know, the business and our lives were in his hands and we're satisfied, if you would, or um um, just happy with his timing. And, mm-hmm. and our goal was to enrich, enable, equip people to reach their divine potential with, with the uh, emphasis on understanding and acknowledging that our divine potential far out uh, exceeds our natural potential. And so we mm-hmm. do that by training, teaching, exhortation, you know, and, and um, you know, mixing the the science or the, you know, typical classroom education experience uh, with the faith element, right? Always say God does his best work Monday through Friday. So whatever you learn, make sure you take God with you uh, on your sales calls and you have more to shout about on Sundays. Right. Yeah. And also too, with Kairos, uh, we have lots of products and services that we offer to individuals, you know, with books and, uh, you know, some CDs for inspiration, and affirmations. And we also just started a new company and we decided to keep Kairos International because we love that, you know, that thought process of God's timing. And so all of our products and, uh, you know, things that we do are going to still stay with Kairos, but the new company is called WRW International LLC. And that is going to be mostly where we do all of our speaking, training, coaching, mentorship, and also some investing. Uh, So we love doing things like that. So that's the part of all of what we do, but it's all about helping people to become better at what they do and in life. You guys, that is so exciting that now you have two companies that almost, it sounds like they're married to each other. They're supporting one another. And I want to get into some of the products that you guys use, particularly in the area of communication with couples. So um, you know, I'm, I'd like to hear your take on this. Like, you know, I, I just met with a couple this morning, right? And I, I asked, you know, what is it that you want to get out of our time together? And both of them agreed, we want to learn to communicate better, right? Our communication is is definitely, it doesn't bring out the best in us right now. So I, I'm curious your take on this. What, what do you think some of the barriers are? for couples and communication? 
One of the things that I really think is a barrier, I think people have not really truly been taught how to communicate effectively. Um, they don't know the, the simplicity of it versus, I guess, the depths of it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when we communicate with each other, we're, we're sometimes afraid that we're going to offend people. Uh, we're afraid that we're going to lose something. Maybe that other person might step away from the relationship or something. Uh, but I, I think a part of it is also a fear, a fear of really communicating what you really feel to someone because you're afraid of the response that you're going to get. Hmm. Yes. And, and uh, Dr. A, one of the things I believe, I just stumbled across this recently, um, uh, taking a course on, on diversity. It says, you know, when you listen uh, you can listen at uh, one of three levels. The first level is from your first personal experience and you're bouncing what's said off of your personal experience and you're gauging and responding accordingly. The second level is uh, you're listening to understand how the person speaking is feeling, mm-hmm. right? You, you're, you're dialed in to not only what they're saying, but why they're saying it and how intense it is, right? And mm-hmm. the third level is, you're fi- you're listening with a I'm going to fix this ear, you know, because when you're listening to fix something, as soon as you get enough information to come up with a potential solution, you want to share. And, and I think uh, a lot of times if we're conscious of what level we're listening at, you know, where we're dialed in, it will help us not necessarily stop listening at that level, but be conscious of how listening at that level may taint what mm-hmm. we're hearing. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? It, it really kind of does. I'm, I'm thinking like that first level that you just mentioned. Uh, it almost sounds like you're saying that we listen through our own lens, our own exactly. like perspective, experience. Say more about that. Perfectly. You know, I, I believe, you know, as we sit here, we're a summation of our life's experiences. Um, the challenge, though, is no two people on Earth have experienced the exact same thing. So we, we see things we don't see with our eyes, we see with our mind, and our minds are a, uh, you know, an aggregate of everything it's experienced. So we see things through the lens through which we've experienced life, and we hear things through the filters through which we've experienced life. Therefore, uh, Dr. Anderson, you, know, when you and I may be looking at the same thing and seeing something different. Not that what you see is wrong and what I'm seeing is right, but they're different because we have had two different paths to getting to that point in time. And so when you understand that, we understand uh, just because you don't see things the way I see it doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means that you've had a different life's experience. And that allows me to be a better listener. Mm. That, that requires quite an awareness and intention in all your communications. Well said, Wyman. Goodness. Yeah, it really is. And in, in fact, I, I, I want to press you a little bit more on this. Um, so speaking to a couple where you where you you know that's a dynamic that's going on. they're they're coming into this conversation, trying to have this conversation with two different perspectives. Of course they are. They're two different people. So what's the antidote for couples to, to, I don't know, not allow that to be a barrier for understanding their spouse? That's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot at it and then I'll, I'll pass the baton to Rosemary here. Um, one Awareness is, is the biggest thing. I think we kind of 
spoken past that uh, previously, but you know, you can't address something that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. So just becoming aware of something and being conscious that it is ex- it exists allows you to make the adjustment. And sometimes mm-hmm. the adjustment uh, includes just asking your, yourself the question, how does that make the other person feel? Right? Because you can hear something, say something, see something, experience something, but start asking an, a more in-depth question. Not, not just, hey, did you hear what I said? But how do you feel about what I said? Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, you, you'll on your road to a, a deeper level of understanding, right? Just acknowledge mm-hmm. that there are feelings, right? We, we, mm-hmm. we sense things, we feel things. And the way we feel uh, about a certain subject will not only um, change the way we hear it or the way we interpret it, but going forward, that becomes the basis or the beginning of the lens through which we see everything else going forward. Right. And I think I think with communication, communication is something that's always evolving. It means that we have to practice it and practice it and it gets better as we go along. But there's always these starting points because wherever we are with any individual, we have to learn their communication style. How do how do you like to communicate and how should I communicate with you so that we have clarity when we communicate and it's not confusing because we struggle with that over the years, but you know, we just have learned that it's it's ever evolving. It's it's almost like, you know, this thing I talked to you about uh, earlier about the word hear uh, or the word from your ear, you're going to hear with your ear, but it also goes from that to your heart. So if you take the word ear and you add the word H, you hear, and if you add the word T, it turns into heart. So everything we, we hear with our ears, it kind of filters through our hearts. But I also think that with communication, we have to make sure that we're really, really working on it and practicing healthy communication with our spouses uh, as we move through this journey of life together. Because it's like getting in the game. You know, if we want to get better at something, if it's sports, right, you got to you got to play and you got to practice. Uh, a basketball player doesn't just say, hey, I reached the top of my pinnacle and then they stop practicing. We just got to stay at this communication game and making sure that we are winners and champions. And, and we can be if we learn those styles and we learn those techniques and we learn those skills of how we communicate most effectively with our partners. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Anderson, I'm going to switch here. And call you Coach Anderson for just a moment. <laughs> yeah, but, look, drop the doctor thing. You're, <laughs> hey man, hey, we're coach. friends. Call me David. <laughs> Our coach. Hey, hey, hey coach, so you're coaching linebackers, right? And and the the game is in, in on the line, and you need to tell your linebacker to make an adjustment. And in the middle of the game, you're going to come with a direct approach. No time to candy coat it, no time to dance around it, right? Because the play's coming and the, the, it's a critical point in the game. Mm-hmm. When you come home, right, you're not coaching anymore. So now the director approach may not be the right approach. Mm-hmm. So just as I go from country to country, I change the language in which I speak. When I go from the f- battlefield of work, whether it be football or corporate America and come home, maybe I need to change my approach. And and again, this is a simple awareness thing. A direct approach may not be the best way to come. You may need to uh, try a more subtle and oblique approach, right? Mm. That that, uh, allows you 
to get your point across without be, uh, appearing to be authoritarian <laughs> or dictatorial. I was just sense? thinking, I was just thinking you hit the nail on the head. It would not work for me to come home and use that direct coaching approach. <laughs> I was just guessing. <laughs> right. We do believe in a variety of strategies here. And speaking of, and speaking of all this awareness and practice and strategies and tools, I want to ask you, Rosemary, about your latest product, the marriage deck, which aligns with everything we're talking about. Um, it's an actual deck of cards that you've created called a relationship builder. Tell us about your vision of this. Oh my goodness. This is so, this is, this is an all really truly God thing, right? Mm. Uh, Wyman and I, over the years, we've, we've talked to so many couples over the years and we know that communication and finance are like the top two things that people just kind of butt heads on. Mm-hmm. And with communication really being truly the number one thing, I believe, uh, it's because it's a relational thing, right? How we be- build relationships. So we've seen all these couples going through everything, but we just thought, oh my goodness, if they could just communicate, if they would just sit down and talk and have a conversation, a normal conversation, right? Uh, not mm-hmm. raising the voice, but understanding uh, you know, who they are and what they bring to the table in the marriage and just being comfortable with who they are and the other person accepting. So as we were, you know, coaching and mentoring a lot of couples, one night I was just lying in bed and I said, Lord, what in the world can we do to help people communicate just with simple, a simple way to just get them started to talk? Because I found that most people have a challenge just starting a conversation, especially mm-hmm. even with the person that they love uh, about some things that they know they need to change. They know they need to get on top of. And so as I was asking the question from the Lord, I just began to get these tremendous amount of downloads. I picked up my phone in the middle of the night in my bed and I started just typing as much as I could in my notes in my phone. And I got a hundred, I actually got a hundred plus questions to start this marriage deck with. So the marriage deck is a deck hundred questions of simple questions that uh, can lead to deep answers and the whole concept is to start and ignite conversation with couples. And there's some there's some um, what we call wild cards that are thrown in there for the couples that kind of like take a break, but it's it's truly made for married couples. So uh, there's some things in there that tells them what to do for married couples. And I believe that it will create some engagement uh, to just help people get started almost like the jump starter for conversations. And after they play it over and over again, they can begin to develop even more questions on their own and build this, this conversation that are going to be really tailored toward them a lot more and help their marriage to grow. And they become even more intimate with each other. Uh, they become more f- friends with each other and they learn how to communicate uh, just by answering, asking the right questions to get uh, the right answers or even deeper answers. Deeper answers. That, that's the key. I think it, these are these are questions. If I because you sent us a, a deck of these, it's a, for our listeners. It, it is a deck of cards mm-hmm. with these great questions, right? Stuart and I looked at a lot of those. Oh, like, I've read them, and and the questions are going to help you um, get to that filter that we each see the world that, that Wyman was talking about to unveil that and to 
the variety just so impressed me of how you came up with these questions, Rosemary. It, it's uh, quite a deck of cards. It really is a deck of cards. Hey, um, and just, I, we're going to put this in the show notes, but uh, you might as well say, how can couples get this marriage deck? They can go to my website, which is uh, rosemarywinbush.com and go to the products uh, tab. And then you'll just click on the deck of cards. You'll see the deck of cards there. It's called the marriage deck. And Mm -hmm. uh, once you click on that, you can purchase your deck and it'll be shipped out to you. Wow. I'm all about it. That's great. (laughs) That's a good tool. You know, I want to just jump in and, and ask about this and how you've seen this in couples that... We, we both know that to have successful communication, it really takes a lot of good intention. And sometimes that's hard for couples who are maybe close to being in crisis or just don't have good habits. How do you um, see that in couples and how do you encourage that for them to start having better communication in marriage? Along with I marriage, think- Jack, of course. Right. Along with that, I think you really just have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset to say, I want to communicate effectively in my marriage. And what is it going to take from me, not my spouse? But I think if we always work on us as individual, then you know everything else will come along. And if we both have that mindset that I'm going to work on me, you work on you, and then together we really can become this one that God has said we're supposed to become in our marriages. So, and then just spending that time uh, trying to communicate, making sure that you're setting aside time to effectively communicate with your spouse. It can't be in passing of the day. Uh, when do you talk? When do you have quiet times? Uh, Wyman and I, we love to ride in the car together. We love to talk about our future together. Uh, we love to talk about just what what's happening in life. And, you know, quits, we have businesses, so we're talking about what's happening in businesses and um, and so I think scheduling time to communicate, making sure that it's quality time. And then what are you going to talk about? Uh, don't spend your time talking about the negative things that have happened. But I find for me, I get the most joy talking about our future together because mm-hmm. I can't do too much about the past and the present is right where we are right now. But I want to talk about what's happening going forward uh, That that's going to help us to have success in life and success in marriage and success for us in business, but just making sure that you have the right mindset. And then of course, just practicing that and doing it over and over and over again. And like we Mm -hmm. said, the more you practice, the better you get at something. If you're not spending time talking together, you're not going to be effective in your communication skills. So you got to put the work in if you want something out of it. You know, I, I say this all the time to my audiences and even as a as a football coach back in the day, you know, repetition is the mother of skill, right? A repetition, doing something over and over again gives birth to that skill. And you you're hitting the nail on the head. Like if we want as to Stuart's point, like to have, you know, good intention, like be intentional about great communication. We've got to practice that uh, big time, and I, so I love what you're saying. And uh, Wyman, I know I know this is right in your wheelhouse. When when your bride um, just mentioned this thing about mindset, uh, talk to us a little bit about our mindset. It, it is uh, so important. Thanks for the question. Your mindset, your attitude. Stuart calls it uh, your intentions. 
you know, I, I remind people, you know, when you walk down the aisle and, and uh, to say I do, you don't go walk down the aisle with the intention of winning the next argument. Right. And, and so sometimes when you get into a spirited debate, that's code word for argument. You want to get the last word or you want to, um, you know, make sure that you win. But if that is your intention, you are, in fact, losing because you walk down the aisle uh, to for the long haul till death do us part. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the ways to make that a most miserable journey Right. Or to truncate it or have it aborted is to think that you have to win. Right. Uh, the argument or the debate or always get your way. And again, if your intentions are, hey, I'm in this for the long haul and my marriage is going to be a testimony to the goodness of the Lord, if you would. Right. You don't always win. Take one for the team, if you would. Right. Because you are a team between uh, are now one. And so that's very important. And one thing that reminds me again, I'm going to go back to the altar where it all begins. You know, it's husband and wife and the pastor, the person officiating the wedding. And then God is in the midst of you. And God will be in the midst of you throughout your entire marriage, including when you're having a spirit to debate. And I mm. think if we were more conscious of his presence, the outcome of those debates and the words we say as we navigate through those spirited debates would change tremendously. Oh, that's and such a good word. You know, just just a couple of days ago, I w- was meeting with a couple and we were talking about some, some communication tools. And uh, they said, well, but Doc, what happens is like, we'll, we'll go into this conversation with great yeah, intention but then the wheels start coming off. We start escalating and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And one of the things I'd suggested to them and, you know, at the risk of like over spiritualizing, I was like, folks, when you turn and face one another, which by the way, Stuart and I call it knee to knee time, when, when you face one another and begin having a conversation of intention, right? Perhaps before you start, uh, Take one another's hands and ask God, right, for his presence, right? The, like we would tap into his truth, like his heart. And man, what you just said, I, I have, with everything that I have, I believe, God's intention is not for me to win a conversation with Stuart, but to understand her, right? When I walk away from a conversation, understanding her heart her mind, her lens in which she looks at things, then essentially I just won, right? Yes, yes. And one of the things that I found recently, um, again, over the past year and the uh, 2020 in the midst of COVID, there has been a lot of debates. And if I I just observe those engaging them, one of the truths that I uncovered was, uh, a defensive ear cannot hear. Mm. A defensive mm-hmm. ear. In other words, when something's said and you feel the need to defend your position, defend your actions, you're listening with the defensive ear for the purpose of coming up with enough ammunition to defend yourself, as opposed to listening to truly understand what's being said and why they're saying it. So when you're, mm-hmm. when you're having a spirited debate with your significant other, uh, 
if their response is defensive, a lot of times it's 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 useful to say, hey, there's no need to defend. This this wasn't towards you, right? You know, you don't need to defend yourself at all, right? In, in other words, you know, this isn't about you. This is about a bigger subject, right? And then then they'll take their guard down because they're no longer as defensive. And when they take their guard down, communication increases. Well, I love that tool that, uh, and I know you folks coach couples up in this as well, that that the tool of paraphrasing, you know, that um, before I can respond to what you're saying, I have to earn the right by playing back what I heard you say, right? Uh, before I can give my opinion of what you're saying, I need to paraphrase it. I need to play it back in my own words. And what that does is it communicates one to your spouse that, you know, what you just said, I heard it, may not agree with it, but I heard it. And I think the other thing paraphrasing does that is playing it back is it it provides clarification. I, how many times, particularly early on in, in my marriage with Stuart, would we find ourselves in an argument maybe because of what I thought I heard her say, right? <laughs> you know, but when we paraphrase, you know, there's clarification and Stuart can say, oh, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. And then I get to say, oh, my apologies. I, I didn't hear that right. Play it back again. Tell me again. Right? Yes. right. Yeah. Yes. And I, th- I think, too, if we think about the love that we have for one another, uh, we should even think, I don't really want to hurt you. I don't want to cause any scars on your heart. Uh, that's not my intent. If we, you know, if we truly love our spouses, we want the best for them. We want the best for our marriage. So if you really just kind of back up, I always tell people to to, to step out of the step out of the space that you're in, and then look through the window, and then you look at yourself as a couple, not just seeing it seeing yourself, but just you're looking at a couple and what they're dealing with, would you have a different opinion about what's going on? Would you see it a little differently? Uh, do you see two people who love each other? Are you, are they trying to work things out and have this great marriage? So I think that's something that we need to exercise. And I, I always call those the, the marriage disciplines. And that's the stepping out so that you can look in and then, uh, you know, examine what's happening and what's going on. And then you were talking about, you know, we say the the the, the red truck. You know, we all need a tune up every once in a while, yeah. right? Uh, we we need to, you know, step away, look at things, relax, enjoy life, and just see where you really are, and and just be comfortable. I, I know that as we've been married for these thirty two years, and we're continuing on in life you know, as you grow, your perspective will change. If you're a newly married couple, there's going to be some growth growth pains that you're going to have in marriage. But guess what? You can still do it. And there are going to be some techniques and things that are going to shift and change over time. But as we have been married um, these years, I know that I love Wyman with all my heart. And, mm. you know, I, I want what's best and I will never, ever do anything to hurt or harm and so if we have that understanding, we should be able to talk about anything. But I always tell him, I'm in too deep now, buddy. I'm, you know, <laughs> we're in this deep, exactly. we're deep water now. Committed. So so we're committed. So you, we might as well talk about what things are and not be, you know, upset about anything or troubled about anything because in the end, we know that we're for each other. Yes. Mm. And you yeah. you know something though, folks. I I I know that that's 
not always the case with couples, mm-hmm. you know, because of anger, frustration, strongholds. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fear right. is, is a big one. And, you know, frankly, and I, I know you've worked with couples uh, too, who, you know, sometimes the intention is to hurt. And uh, I'm just curious, any thoughts about that? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is something we spoke about earlier, right? We see life through the lens through which we've experienced it. And, and some people uh, in our field would say uh, hurting people hurt people, mm. even when they're, they're spouses. So if you haven't recovered from a childhood hurt or uh, hurt that uh, came from another relationship, you're seeing life through that lens. And uh, an unresolved hurt will ultimately result, uh, uh, end up result rather in you hurting other people. And Gosh, so, that's such um, a good word. yeah, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be honest with yourself, and and this is part of that transformation we talk about you know, in communication is understanding. Hey, am I speaking from my current relationship and situation, or am I dragging the baggage of my past? So it can join in on my conversation. I've got a great marriage now, right? Great relationship now. But when you start dragging all that luggage from previous, uh, you know, poor relationships, it taints the water. Yeah. And and your 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 spouse, uh, you know, they don't know anything about the past because chances are you haven't shared it with them. But you've got to be honest enough with yourself to understand that those past memories, those past pains are now impacting your current uh, situation. That, that is so good. It goes back to what Rosemary was saying earlier about past versus present, right? I can't do anything about my past. In fact, we can't even do anything about the past we have together, right? And But then Rosemary was talking about going forward. You love talking about going forward. Uh, what a, That's a mindset in itself. It is. You know, I remember one couple we talked with that all of a sudden the thought came to me is that we tend to crowd the room. We Mm. crowd the room with people who have hurt us in the past and we bring them along, like you said, Wyman, we bring the luggage along, but we just crowd the room with people, whether it's parents, exes, uh, old boyfriends, girlfriends. And, you know, we need to have that intention to not do that and to to communicate from the heart. Clear the room. Clear the room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And absolutely. And, and Stuart, not only past relationships, but past words that your current spouse may have said in the past. Mm, you are we'll so bring right. those. We'll bring those forward. And uh, uh, David, you, you, I mean, you may have seen this in one of my presentations, a quote by George Burns, who is approaching 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't know about you, but I'd rather spend my time talking about the future since that's where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. Absolutely. Word, <laughs> that's good. Well, I want to ask you about a related subject, and I'm going to admit to you both, Wyman and Rosemary, I did not know this about your life, but you are certified marriage mentors. And at the Red Truck Marriage, we, we frequently say we don't want people to walk this journey alone. So uh, tell us about this certification and how you've used this. And we, we absolutely believe that we all need support. And how do you see that? Absolutely. We we really do need support. And, you know, the, it's biblical as well. You know, the older women teach the younger women, the older men teach the younger men. You know, we're, we're supposed to do this together. And it's all by example. But 
we've coached and mentored so many couples. And we thought during the pandemic, we said, you know, let's just go ahead and get certified to do this. And even though we've been doing it for many, many years and we've had some Mm -hmm. other training, we just decided we wanted to go ahead and get certified in it. So we did that um, last year and we've had so many people uh, even since then, you know, just we've talked to and, and just coached along the way. But I think a part of the mentorship is really being that um, that model uh, that people can see, whether they're in your space or they see you from a distance or just encouraging people and letting them know that a successful um, marriage is uh, attainable and they can do it. But with anything, it requires hard work uh, and like we said, intentionality and also having some strategies to go with it. And I know Wyman always talks about coaches, mentors, and role models, and we need those in our marriage as well. Yes, you know, uh, you know, a coach, and, and uh, Dave, you know this as well. A coach can show you how to master a specific task, and but once you master it, you no longer need that coach for that situation, mm-hmm. right? A role model is someone you may never ever meet. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. a role model may be someone, uh, the historical figure, where you read their biography, but in their yeah. biography you're able to model their behavior. I always tell people the quickest way to master a thing is model the behavior of someone who's already mastered it, right? Yeah. So uh, coaches, role models, and mentors. And a mentor is there for the long haul. You know, we, we all ought to um, acknowledge that there's some folks in our life who has been married longer than us or doing better than us. We need to make ourselves, humble ourselves enough to say, Hey, how do you do that? What do you think about yes. this? Right? Go, going through life based upon only your experience is a rough way to go. Right? Um, you know, leverage the wisdom of the entire village. Find some mentors, role models, and coaches out there that can help make your marriage great. One of my favorite business books is um, From Good to Great by Jim Collins. And mm-hmm. he simply poses a question. I'm going to translate it. Um, um, for the use on this particular podcast, why be satisfied with a good marriage when a great marriage is a possibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great word, mm. man. I want to I want to press you on this a little bit further, and I'm going to refer back on a previous podcast. We had our pastor and his wife, Pastor Tony Vismore, and his wife Tricia, and they described a lovely picture of how they sought out. Um, a couple in our church to be their mentors. Now, I know many of our listeners might not have that type of community. So how do you suggest that they go about that? Because it certainly takes discernment to find a couple or a a group of couples that um, could be support. A lot of times what I tell couples to do is to really, uh, it's, it's kind of a writing exercise. I tell them first to write down what they individually see Uh, marriage should be for them in their own eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And then I have them come together. And I say, well, how many people do you know in your your circle of friends or family that have what you consider and what she considers or he considers to be a good marriage? And sometimes they will say no one. Uh, Sometimes what people will say like five or six couples and I say, okay, well, since you have someone, now I'll go back to the one that doesn't have anyone, but since you have someone, uh, maybe schedule spending time with them and asking them the questions like Wyman said, ask questions about, 
you know, how they got married, when, you know, like what you guys asked us about, you know, how did you meet when you got married and, and what was it like to go back and kind of reminisce with them and then to have them just have these conversations about life? Because we go through these stages where we have our children when they're little and, you know, not being able to get any sleep when they're newborns all the way up to elementary, middle school, high school, and, and then the empty nesters and then figuring all that out if that's in your cycle of life. But you, you kind of go through that uh, kind of almost like a interview process and find people. Now for yeah. those couples who say, you know, we really don't know anyone. And I said, well, how can you get to know someone? Is there anyone on your job that you admire? Uh, are they married? Uh, is there anyone like if you're in your church, we, you know, there's plenty of people hopefully in the church that can, can be those mentors for them, but then trying to then network with people to find out if they're married and what you like about them as an individual person. Because if you like something, hopefully it's about them that's really solid. They're integritous. They have good character. Uh, not always, but we hope that they will probably, if they're married, they have a great marriage. So you can kind of build that network of, of couples that you can collaborate with and talk to. And also know that when you start out, no marriage is perfect. <laughs> so yes. you're not going right. to find the perfect right. deal out there, but you're going to find those nuggets that will help you um, move along through the process of marriage that can make your good marriage, that great marriage that Wyman talked about. I, yes. I, I love that. In fact, I was just thinking, you know, if, if you run into a couple in your church or in your neighborhood or, or wherever who want to, you know, like have this facade that they have the perfect marriage, like grab your kids and run for the car, right? <laughs> because that doesn't exist. They, I was just about to say the same thing. It says, hey, when you start, you're not perfect. Well, you take your last breath of the couple, it's still not going to be perfect because the transformation that we're talking about is um, every day. Yes. It's mm-hmm. every day. It's just like, uh, you know, the transformation that we have as uh, Christians, it's every day. We don't get there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like Apostle Paul. I, I have not yet arrived. Guess what? Our marriage has not yet arrived, but I press yes. towards the mark of perfection, uh, knowing that you know when when I wake up in the morning in pursuit of it, I won't reach it. But when I put my head down on my pillow tonight, I'll be closer to it than when I started. One of the yes. things, uh, Stuart, you you mentioned earlier, uh, and, and David mentioned also about paraphrasing. Look, there's nothing that we've spoken of today that's complicated. Mm. Paraphrasing, a very simple tool that only works, however, when you apply it. Right. When I got married, I it was only after I came to the conclusion, I don't have sense enough to pick the perfect woman for me. But God's got her picked out. And I asked God, show me. And he mm. brought me this woman we know is Rosemary. Now, how foolish would it be for me to admit, hey, I don't know the perfect woman. Let me let God pick. And then after we get married, start making decisions on my own. Here's another very simple, not complicated precept. Ask God. If any man likes knowledge. Yeah, exactly. That's the partnership. And, you know, like when you two were just talking, I was thinking to myself when, when you were talking about like, you know, cultivating this marriage that that. Certainly isn't going to be perfect, right? But when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you say, you know, I got closer to it because of what I, what we did intentionally today or what we chose to do. You know, what do we have better to do than attempt to perfect our partnership with our spouse? 
Like, what could be more important than that, right? Right, yes. exactly. Yeah, and one of the things that's going to drive that is uh, I, I, my, one of my mentors and, and, and uh, pastor, uh, he once told me, if both members of a marriage are chasing after God, it's impossible for them to grow apart. Because hmm. they're moving towards the same God, thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're gonna go and, you, and you'll get closer and closer and closer. Exactly. exactly. Do you know a lot of times when we talk to couples, uh, it's it's you know it's of course especially in the faith based community. I will always ask them one of the first questions that I ask them as we're going through their preliminary review is, "Do you, how often do you pray together?" Mm-hmm. And very few of them say regularly or often they just say oh we pray together i said but no do you pray together regularly do you are you talking to god regularly together and are you doing maybe some kind of devotion together as a family uh, you know especially you know when our kids were little we did family devotions together but then when we're a couple we do devotions of course Wyman and I are both ministers so we are always talking about god <laughs> you know so uh, yeah. but but i always challenge couples to have that as a part of their normal lifestyle that you've mm-hmm. got to pray together. You've got to do some kind of study together so you can have a conversation about God. And yes. I believe that when you're, when you're talking about God, um, who he is to you, who he is in your marriage, who he, who he is to you as a person, you begin to first solidify your relationship with God as a couple. And then you're also solidifying your relationship individually with him and knowing who you are uh, and what your purpose is as this marriage. Marriage serves a purpose in the kingdom. And I think people don't really understand that. And for me, being in the ministry for children and preteens for more than 30 something years, I have seen so many dynamics of families and, and all the issues and, and, and the joys as, as, as well as what they deal with. But I believe that we don't really make God the true center of mm-hmm. our homes. And I believe that if he really is and he is strong in both of your lives, then like Wyman said, said if you're pursuing God, you're seeking ye first the kingdom of God together, you cannot really grow apart because you have a different mindset. You have the mind of Christ in your marriage. Mm. Rosemary, I, I really love that. You know, and and knowing you and Wyman, I know you're not saying that to our audience like, you know, some you should or some religious kind of you 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 should pray together. You know, you know. In fact, Stuart and I did a whole podcast episode on this. I, I truly believe that prayer is maybe the most intimate act in a marriage. Because prayer opens this the the window to our mind and our heart, right? So when Stuart hears me pray, like things that really matter to me, whether it be praying for my children or something I'm concerned about, like she gets a snapshot, a deep snapshot of what's on my heart in that moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, Dana, uh, I was thinking about what the word says, right? Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of him, says the Lord. Well, a marriage qualifies. Wherever two or th- wherever two or three touch and agree on anything, it shall be established, right? A marriage qualifies. So yeah. when you read the scriptures about, you know, a threefold cord is not easily broken, right? 
husband, wife, and Holy Spirit is unbreakable, right? Mm. Where do those scriptures apply in your marriage? You know, are you are you acting word. on them, stepping out on them, expecting them uh, to result, right? And so, man, you know, again, your your intentions and your purpose and your mindset, right? Mindset. Listen to this. Be your be transformed by the you know, mind. Be transformed by the washing of the word. In other words, when we transform and our mind is the mind of Christ, now that will be the point where our attitude will, will, will uh, line up with God's expectation of marriage, and our marriage will be blessed because of it. That's a right. good David, word, man. David, you brought out a really good point about saying you know we don't want people to do things as a religious practice at all. It's, it's a heart thing. It's a, it's a matter of the heart. Uh, when you love, uh, when you love someone, or even if you've had you've had troubles in your marriage, uh, you've had challenges in your marriage, uh, you have to make a decision: Are you willing to come back and um, regroup, rethink about things, and then put into practice? some of the things that we know are going to make it better. It's kind of like when you're even coaching people individually, whether it's business, we can tell them all these practices to do. But what I, I never tell people exactly what to do. I said, you have to make a decision as to what you want your life to be. And you have to make a decision on what you're willing to do as well. But the people who put some systems and practices in place, they're going to see the results. And if you are listening to this and you've listened to the podcast before that I know have been super that uh, David and Stuart have put out, that you're going to take some of those tips and things. And if you put them in practice, you're going to see the results that you really, truly want to see. But you have to ask yourself, am I willing to do the work to get what I really want out of the marriage and make the marriage successful? I, and I, I say really you can. Yeah. yeah, that's that is good stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm going to use a phrase that I, I know Wyman's used to. Uh, we're coming close to uh, landing this aircraft. <laughs> so, but but before we do, all right, uh, I I want to go back to one thing because I think this is a great nugget, and and it came from you, Rosemary, when we were uh, zooming a uh, Zoom call the other day. Uh, preparing for this, but you had talked about this this mindset of enemy, right? And you you called it like I think it was called old grandma saying. Could you break that down for us uh, for just a moment? Oh, I love it. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, uh, if if there's no enemy within you, the enemy outside you can't harm you. So. Mm. We, we are sometimes our worst enemy. And if, if the spirit of the Lord is dwelling within you and you're not fighting against yourself with that past you, the past issues that you have, uh, then the enemy or whatever is coming on the outside of you can't harm you because sometimes we self-destruct. Uh, we don't really think about, you know, what's happening, um, I guess, well, we do think about what's happening around us, but I think if we just really look on the inner person and figure out, you know, what is coming out of me? Is the is is there a battle that I'm dealing with myself? And if I can get that out of me, whatever's coming on the exterior or whatever's coming against me, it's not going to have that great effect. So you have to deal with the enemy within. So if there's no enemy within, 
then the enemy outside really can't harm you because you've made up your mind that I'm going to be stable and I'm going to be um, successful and moving forward in what I need to do in life. Goodness, such wisdom, friend. I I have been sitting here taking notes and it, what I knew this would be a powerful time. And I'm going to encourage our listeners to go back and listen to all of this again with your notebook and take notes. And I wrote down a heart thing from you, Rosemary, and I sure, I'm sure that's going to come up with us again. So we appreciate all of your words, both you and Wyman. And as we do bring it to a close, are there any other words of encouragement that you want to offer? And then we'll get into our call to action. Yes, just one thing. You just mentioned it, Stuart. You're taking notes. Your listeners, your time is valuable. And mm-hmm. to make the most efficient use of it, you take notes. Because apart from them, you know, you'll forget most of what's said within 24 hours. The mm-hmm. good news is you can listen to the replay again. But as you take notes... I encourage you to make them actionable. Don't just write down what has been said during this podcast. Make a note about what you're going to do with what's being said or what goal you want to accomplish or thing you want to attain as a result of what has been said. Use SMART goals. You're familiar with those. The reason I say this is in order to become wise, it's not just enough to know. For wisdom is the appropriate application of what you know. And there's a lot of people who take volumes of notes and they quote unquote know a lot, but they don't put them into action. Therefore, mm. they don't walk in wisdom. Yes. So I challenge the listeners to walk in wisdom. Yes. And, you know, as a, a good friend of mine says, be about it. Yeah. About yeah. The, the thing yeah. that I would like to leave with the audience is, um, you know, we talk about the pursuit of happiness and it comes with communicating effectively, but it's not about having things or materialistic things. It's about uh, having someone in your life that loves you and that you have said, I want to walk this journey of life with. And I think that that's so key to know that you can have a successful marriage. You can be happy in it. And you can do this. Uh, Just like Wyman said, if you write down all these tips and tools and you never put them uh, into practice, you just have a package of tips and tools. But when you put them in practice, you have a life filled with happiness and joy and and prosperity in those aspects. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. So, hey, speaking of that, Hmm. you know, I I was going to say a few seconds ago, I, I call that putting legs on it, like putting legs on your knowledge and your wisdom, your understanding. Uh, Could you help us create a couple of uh, calls to action? Well, actually, I want to jump in and say, because I was taking notes, that they have given us so much. Um, I wrote down from the beginning when we were talking about communication that a couple should schedule a time to have that clear, um, intentional communication. Rosemary said that. Yes, and and if you have small children... Like be be really strategic about that. Maybe it's going to be after you put them down or before they get up or when they're taking a nap kind of thing. Right. And then when we jumped into talking about pursuing mentors, um, you described how couples should write a vision of how they see their the type of marriage they want to have. And we've talked over and over about practice. But Wyman, Rosemary, add some call to actions that you um, want to encourage our listeners with. 
Well, I'm going to add, I'm going to piggyback on the one where we said, you know, when they schedule the time to communicate, I always tell families that they need to have family meeting times. Remember at the beginning, I said, um, most of the time people have not been taught how to communicate, but just think about it. If your children know that in your household that you have a family meeting time to talk mm-hmm. about things and and to see what how, what their opinions are, even as toddlers, uh, if they just see you talking and that they know you have that scheduled time to communicate, they'll institutionalize that in their own lifestyle when they get older, hopefully. Mm. Uh, Yeah. The other thing is, you know, just scheduling the time to uh, communicate and making sure that you're writing down what you expect from the marriage, but then having the strategy to say, who's going to help us to get to this place where we are successful. Uh, Mm. Maybe writing down uh, the names of the people. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to find a couple from church. Say, oh, you know, I think Tom and Julie, they do a great job in their marriage. Let's, let's, try to connect with them. It doesn't mean that you have to be in that person's face all the time and say, oh, we got to go to dinner with them and we just got to hang around them. But you can observe and you can listen and you can do things uh, from a distance. But I would also also say, write down some strategies of what you feel you need to work on in your own communication with your spouse. What is it that you need work on? And then begin to work on it by putting it in practice. And that could be something as simple as saying, you know, I'm never, and and I have this, Wyman and I, we have this, we will never, ever go to bed angry or not say that we're going to speak to each other. That is not Mm -hmm. an option. That is not an option. I don't care whatever you do. I can say, okay, so now what do you want for dinner? Because- Mm -hmm. Because it was just a, it's just a conversation, right? It's just something we disagree yeah. on. And if we weigh on what we agree on the most, it's going to definitely outweigh on what we disagree on. That's so, so you, good. So, I, so I, we need to figure out those things too. I, I got to tell you, when you start talking about family meetings and, you know, having that kind of structure, you, I, I saw Stuart across the table here in the studio, like she's lighting up because, you know, she, she wrote this book, The Notebook Meeting, and it really is that kind of structure that you're talking about, Rosemary, that is so, so important. It's it, like a blueprint for doing this. So you listeners out there, you've heard us talk about this in the past. Uh, go to thenotebookmeeting.com. And, you know, you'll, that's Stuart's website where you can learn more about a structure, a blueprint for being intentional in these family slash business meeting, uh, so to speak. I, I love that. Uh, great call to actions, man. You, you yeah. folks have really added to, uh, to what we've already thrown out yeah. there. If you don't mind, if, if I might just add one more, you know, we talked along the line of communication and transforming your marriage through communication. I'd like to go back to that um, when two or three touch and agree mm-hmm. on anything it shall be established. Husband and wife qualify. So when it comes to moving your marriage from good to great, and that great goal may be financial, it may be relationship, it may be a job or business if you're entrepreneurial, make sure you pray together on that. Make sure you decree and declare together on that. And then make sure your expectations are and your faith are locked in. So you expect that to manifest. Look, your team, husband and wife, Mm. and you together will do far greater than either of you can do individually, Mm. even in the confines of marriage. So how do you, well, 
You know, you can have a goal you're working on and never tell your spouse about it. That's not mm-hmm. supposed that's to be. Not doing, that's not doing life together, man. It's not doing life together. So share your dreams, visions, and aspirations. And you know me, they dream big, dream so big they scare you, Bring dream so big that you know you can't get them done without a, a all-powerful God in your corner, and then agree together that you, husband and wife, shall pursue those dreams with the aid of a heavenly father and expect those things to come to pass. Right, touch and agree, both in prayer and in your daily affirmations and your language. And watch this: hold each other accountable to make sure your language every day lines up with your dreams that you touch and agree on. Good word, man. Oh, lots of good words. You know, honey, we got to have another <laughs> podcast with these folks. I, you know, on. I was just thinking that Rosemary and Wyman. I knew when we started, it would just be full, and we could go on for hours. And we just want to bring this to a close and tell you thank you so much for all that you've shared. But I think there, we need to spend time in the future on this podcast again. <laughs> we have, we all have so much to talk about, and we yes. love spending time with you. I want to encourage our listeners to go and find out more about Rosemary and Wyman at rosemarywinbush.com and wymanwinbush.com. And yes. is there any other location that they can check out? We're on social media. Uh, we're both on Facebook under our names and Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And oh, I also have a YouTube channel. So <laughs> Very nice. Hey, well, do me a favor if you would. would if you would uh, email me those links and we will put these in the, our show notes so people can go right to you uh, and check out these products, this marriage deck, amazing friends. Listen yes, to me. Yes. Uh, you red truck com- uh, marriage community. Uh, th- the marriage deck is really an awesome tool. And there are other products. So we'll right. make sure we get that stuff in the show notes. Yes, it has certainly been an honor for to be with both of you. Same here. We, we've enjoyed it. Time goes by quickly, doesn't it? It does. It, <laughs> it does. does. Hey, blessings to you guys. We want you to know we love you. We respect you and the work that you're doing so much. And it truly was a pleasure uh, to visit with you on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks and for all our me. listeners, we just want to say, remember, it's not good to do it alone. And we're, we're so glad you were here with us today. Absolutely. Don't forget Drive the red truck in your marriage, delivering that good Good. stuff. Mm -hmm. Bye for now. 